0: Back to Pastors' Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm here with Pastor Andrew to talk about this next episode. Welcome back, Pastor Andrew. What are we going to be talking about in this episode?
1: Well, I'm really excited to be back on this episode, and I hope everyone enjoyed the teaching at our last episode for my brother. This episode, we're gonna start with some current events again, as is our practice. Uh, Did you know, Landon, that they've been talking about food shortages a lot in the headlines? Yes. Why is that? There's been a lot of food processing plants that have actually burned to the ground. It's a very freakish thing. So we'll talk about that. And then we're going to jump right into Revelation and talk about the trumpets and the seals and the bowls and what each of those represent. It should be a really fun episode. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Thanks, Pastor Andrew. Let's get into it.
1: Thanks, Lena. Let me tell y'all a story. I'll tell y'all something makes me mad. I bought a scale a couple of months ago. It was one of the rotary scales, right? The one that, because that's that's solid technology. So I started doing this intermittent fasting thing, not for spiritual reasons, just because I'm getting fat. But at the end of the day, my metabolism slowed down, and Kelly was doing it, and and I'd always want to eat when she wasn't, and so anyway, I started doing it. So okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put an app on my phone. I mean, you guys know it's not official until you put an app on your phone. And I was making incredible progress. I had lost 10 pounds on this thing, but that stupid scale was wrong. And so I went over to my friend's house, Tony, and he had a digital scale. And I said, you know, what would be fun is if we all measured ourselves before we went and ate all this food and see what happens. So I went in there and wouldn't you know, I didn't lose 10 pounds. I gained two. (laughs) Even with taking my shoes off. So, so I now know what reality is. I go on vacation. I eat like ain't nobody should be eating that way at all. But I ate a lot. But we walked a lot. And to God be the glory great things he has done. When I got back from vacation, despite my best efforts to eat myself into a coma, I had lost a pound and a half. <laughs> Cuz we walked a lot. And that's the that's my truth. Amen. <laughs> And I threw out the old busted scale and now I just use the digital scale that apparently that's what I had to do. Um, Okay, before we get into prophecy stuff, I have something that is food related that I'd like to talk to you about. Let's put this thing up there. And if you have one at home, you can use it and then leave it here and then you'll have yours at home and we may be printing some more here pretty soon. Okay, now... What I want you to notice on the thing here is my little pointer is going right here. You see what that says? See my pointer up there? All right, there's my pointer right there. What does that say? Read it with me. Say, marriage supper of the Lamb. Marriage supper. What happens at supper? It doesn't say marriage fellowship. Now, us church folk, we say fellowship. What we mean is eat. But it doesn't say fellowship. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's supper in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. I did the study. It's supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13, it says, You say, Food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true. Though someday God will do away with both of them. Ooh, we have a contradiction here in the Scriptures. <laughs> Supper, no food. Supper, no food. What do we do with this? I'll tell you what we do with it. In a fallen world, food is fuel. We need it to live. Now, most of us get the fuel we need, and we just keep topping it off. <laughs> we don't need to eat in heaven But we're going to have supper, and I am standing on the faith within me that Paul, like the text that talks about women not covering their head and uncovering, and like the text that says, women, wait till you get home to ask your husbands the questions and don't speak out in church. We know that was for that the Corinthian church we know that was contextual right so I'm going to put this in that category of contextual can I get a witness I'm telling you in glory I'm looking forward to a glorified body and supper with the lamb come on. Listen, how could there not be food when there are trees in, in, in the new heavens and the new earth that have a different fruit for every month? I'm way off. I just wanted to talk about, I read that in my personal devotional time. I wanted to bring it to you for your consideration, and there I've done it. I've done what I wanted to do. Now watch this little video. You gotta put your glasses on for this one. See the owl? hence we begin our pastor's prophecy hour. At the beginning it said, know your enemy, but can I say it's "No, the enemy? Because the, the enemy is the enemy of us all. Satan is the enemy of humanity, right? Now, there were a couple little cartoony things in there that were like, whatever. But at the end of the day, what we need to know is what we've always talked about is there's always more going on than what's on the surface. Amen? Amen. The Washington D sting thing at the end, if you did a study on cities and the way that they were designed, you'll find that there is there is a whole lot of symbolism from a bird's eye view. There's a whole lot of markers on buildings where they have been dedicated to false gods, idols, and, and different things. It's it's all over the country. So a Christian nation, right? I'm gonna quote that. A Christian nation has evil all around and when we kind of have this tunnel vision thing and say no these are good people they must be good people they don't they wouldn't do that yes they would and 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 I've kind of brought it to our attention uh, before is that if we don't have a life that has been born again in other words our spirit has been born again is alive then what is the opposite of being alive dead we're still dead we don't have an understanding or we don't have that conscious that spirit with the Holy Spirit within us that can lead us and guide us and listen at the end of the day I've also I've often thought that how if scripturally speaking we understand that Christians cannot be demon possessed because you the devil cannot occupy something that the Holy Spirit is amen Christians cannot be demon-possessed, so why is the devil, demons, not just possessing everybody that's not a Christian and wreaking havoc? Why? I, I would argue there's two reasons. Number one, they don't care. Why would the devil mess with someone that's already destroying their own life? You're doing good on your own. I'm gonna go concentrate over here and attack this church that is trying to do great things for God. You with me? <laughs> the, the, other, the other side of that coin is that um, strategically, there are no threat. Why would, for example, military, why would you send your troops to a place where there is no threat? You with me? Why would the devil, demons waste their time fighting against someone that's no threat against their kingdom and 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 so that's what I feel that we need to understand that there's people wreaking havoc on purpose for the kingdom of darkness and there's people just doing it kind of haphazardly on accident they don't even realize that the devil's using them but he is you with me and that's very true, but we've got to understand that there are people in prominent, powerful positions that have. Now you can't sell your soul to the devil. Your soul to the devil. There's you talk about celebrities and all these. They sold their soul. There's no transaction that's like that, spiritually speaking. There is a let me invite the devil in to take over and possess me. There is that, but there's no quote unquote selling your soul to the devil. But at the end of the day, there are people that say, the devil is my God, and I want to serve him, and I want to do anything I can to help out the kingdom of darkness, because they've been fooled. Did you know? And this is a touchy subject, and I won't get into it too much. Because there's a lot of people out there that just don't have any idea. The Freemasons. I don't have time to get into it. But, Freemasonry, um, Mormonism, um, many Eastern religions have this kind of on-ramp feature, even Jehovah's Witnesses, this on-ramp feature where you don't know the whole truth until you get so far into it, that if you were to leave, you would lose your family, your friends, your business, and everything else. So, so when you look at the Masons, they have to get to, I think it's the 30-something level, to when it's finally revealed to them that the light that we talk about at all of our ceremonies is Lucifer himself. And unfortunately, there's board members on churches that are Masons all over the country. And they may not be at that level, but they may. But that's not for me to decide. The point is this, the devil is said in scripture to portray himself as a being, an angel of what? Light. Lucifer is light. That's the word. And so what we find here is there are so many people that are just fooled until it's too late, and they have no Choice really in the matter. Even the fez cap that the Masons wear when they get to that level, they're a Shriner, which is the highest level. You know what it represents? It represents a decapitated head. The shape of a fez is this little, right? It represents a decapitated head, and on the front it has the crest. Of the Mason Lodge with a sh- with a sword, which has its basis in Islam. I'm getting off track already. This is what happens when I go on vacation. <laughs> Let's talk about some current events before we get into Revelation. Um, let me pray. Lord, help us, in Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> That's simple, sweet. Here we go. By the way, you will have an opportunity to draw, so you can go ahead and take one of those cards out and a pen out and be ready for the drawing exercise that we have in a few minutes. Now, I don't know if anybody, any of you have been paying attention, but on the news, some of our world leaders, national leaders, some of our uh, news pundits have been saying that there's going to be a food shortage in the, in the upcoming days. So instead of running to Costco right now, just listen to me and then you can go after. But at the end of the day, Why are they saying that? As a matter of fact, I believe it's today that a certain press secretary came out and said, well, they really didn't mean it like they said it. Whatever. Over the last two months, there have been, to count right now, I think it's 18, food processing factories that have had incidents Two were hit by a plane. I mean, these are things that have never happened before. Planes don't just crash into food processing plants. I think the goal of the plane is to miss (laughs) the building if they're going down. PETA reports. Now, this was a reporting that was, oh, my goodness, the animals... But they reported on April 8th that over 27 million chickens and turkeys have been destroyed due to a new avian flu outbreak. Today in China, they had their first human case of a new avian flu. China recently purchased 200,000 acres of U.S. farmland. Why? Who is letting that happen? (laughs) Don't answer that. The New York Post reports on April 21st that a plane crashed into General Mills, a plant causing a fire that was a total loss. And and Lucky Charms is poisoning people. Maybe that's why the plant... Western Standard reports that a massive fire destroyed parts of an azure, a company called Azure Standard HQ in Oregon. They self describe themselves as the USA's largest independent food distributor, destroyed. April 14th, a plane crashed into Jim State, which creates and processes potatoes in Ohio. I mean, Idaho, not Ohio. A fire destroyed a fresh onion warehouse at the end of March in South Texas. I know Kelly's okay with that, she doesn't like onions. There's nothing like a fresh onion, boy, I tell you. Woo! KSBW Action News reported that Taylor Farms, a state of the art packaging facility in Salina, California, was destroyed by fire. That is, it is the world's largest producer of fresh cut veggies and premixed salads. Destroyed. Boston Globe on March 24th reported a massive blaze engulfed that engulfed a potato processing plant in Belfast, Maine. On February 22nd, an explosion and fire followed, uh, and a fire followed destroying Shearer's chip plant in Oregon. Three more, four more. In Huntsville, Alabama, a Tyson poultry processing plant that produced animal feed was destroyed. So not only is the processing plant for humans being destroyed, but now we have something that is a support to the processing plant. So the, the feed for the chicken plant that plant got destroyed and if chickens don't eat then we don't eat right unless you don't eat chickens but the the, the vegetables are are getting burned up too just linda the 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 salad bags are getting burned up too <laughs> potato shortage has been reported in South Korea. A potato shortage has been reported globally, according to um, a recent report from the New Straits Times. The Sun newspaper reported that the Nestle plant that sustained uh, sustained extensive damage on March seventeenth. Now, before you think, who cares? It's chocolate bars. Nestle owns stofers. Nestle owns about half of the food processing different hot pockets. I mean, they probably left the hot pocket in the microwave too long. And then the fire, because I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, ah! It's stupid. <sighs> USA Today reported the massive fire broke out in a Walmart distribution center in Indiana recently. So all of the Walmarts in the area, we're getting their food from the where? Distribution center. So again, we don't just have these places, that are, but we have the places that support the places that are beginning to be destroyed. This is very unique. This is very uncommon. This is very strange. And right now, they really don't know why. They're beginning to do the research and try to find out what's going on. Now, let's talk about that's your current events for the week. Let's talk about the events of the end. That's our topic. The events of the end. Now, I need to I need to set this up at least in one way. You guys have heard me talk long enough that And if this is, you haven't, then here's my take on it. When I read the book of Revelation, I do believe that there is room for symbolism, that that's a symbolic thing of this. I do believe there's room for that's a real happening, that's something that really is gonna take place physically. And I do believe there's room for that symbolic and physical. So as we go into this, I'm gonna share with you some things that I discovered that were very interesting And then if we have time, I'll tell you which one I believe in. How about that? If not, you can just guess. First of all, because I think this one's going to take the longest. First of all, let's talk about the seals and the trumpets and the bowls in Revelation. I think we're going to get through the seals and possibly the trumpets in the book of Revelation. By the way, Stiles last week, um, who taught the Pastor's Prophecy Hour, went through the letters in the churches. Raise your hand if you remember anything. I got a couple. So I, I, I call them as I had it go, man. You, you need a couple more weeks to get your stuff in They said, no, I, re- I talked really fast. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All this great job and stuff. We missed you, Pastor Andrew. We're glad you're back. My goodness, I'm going back to Miami Beach. Forget it. (laughs) No, he, he is a gifted teacher. Here we go. Consider for a moment the seals that live only in the human realm. Now consider for a moment the trumpets. You've got your little papers there. Let's put it up there. The trumpets that live in the spirit realm or apply to the spirit realm the bowls are put the thingy back there he goes so you see there they're all there together after the rapture of the church they're all there together in the book of revelation but they're not sequential as you would think this happened and then this happened and then this happened because if you think that's how it works you're going to get really confused and really frustrated because it's all over the place trumpets have a very, this is what happens in heaven. It has ramifications on earth, but it's what happens in heaven. The angels blow the trumpet, you with me? Seals are things that are opened by the lamb, who is Jesus, and these are either historical events or modern day or even future events that are yet to come. The vials of the bowls in our vernacular, that's God's wrath. That all happens on what we call the day of the Lord. Now, as we've talked about before, there's belief out there that these events all took place in Jerusalem in 70 AD at the fall of uh, the temple, the destruction of the temple. I found out another piece of information. There's a, um, a writer named Irenaeus who lived in the second century that wrote a book called Against Heresies. In that book, quote, it says, quote, John received the revelation in our own time toward the end of the reign of Domitian. The reason why that's important is people that say John wrote the book of Revelation and all of these things happened in 70 AD, that means that John would have to written it before that. With me? But many people do believe, and there's a strong evidence in this text, that he wrote it after that. Domitian's reign ended in 96 AD. So we find John writing the book after the uh, fall of Jerusalem, destruction of Jerusalem. That's just another little thing why we believe futurist and dispensationalism. Now, the seals. Um, picture, if you would, spiritual realm with trumpets, seals, and they run kind of like this. Trumpet number seven and seal number seven are gateways or kind of a turning of the corner toward the next thing. Then you have the bowls, which happen on the day of the Lord. In this understanding, the trumpets are events in the satanic or in the demonic realm. The seals are primarily earthly events or a human realm. The sixth seal holds the key to understanding this idea. In the spirit realm, demons are trumpet prophecies that cause the humans to act on earth to fulfill the seal, seal, not seal, seal prophecies. In other words, the trumpet declares something to happen. Demonic influence upon the human world, people, make something happen. You with me? You confused already? I think we're good. We're all on the same page, right? Revelation chapter 6 says in verse 12, I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made from goat hair. The whole moon turned to blood, and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken from a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll, being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. The kings of the earth, the princes, generals, rich and mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks and the mountains. They called the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, in the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Who can withstand it? I have never seen until this study or noticed um, the arguments that we have for the Trinity. One is in Genesis. You have the Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. You have the Father. You have the Son. The Word speaking and and, uh, those things happening. Then you have the baptism of Jesus. You have that argument. And here, even in the end, we have the wrath of the Lamb. As they say, the great day of their wrath, there speaks of more than one, right, and here we have this present again, the triune nature of God is affirmed here with the words, 1 Corinthians 15, 52, sometimes we talk about the rapture in this context, that the, it, it will happen in a twinkling of an eye, we talk about how that's quicker than a blink, that the rapture will happen like that, right, you've heard that taught, but 1 Corinthians 15, 52 doesn't talk about the rapture. It talks about the return of Christ that will happen at the end, the second coming. The rapture will happen in a twinkling of an eye. Let's just, I mean, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be like, okay, it's happening and we see each other floating up and we're floating up together. Hey, what's going on? You know, that'd be really weird. It, It will be a very quick thing. But 1 Corinthians 15:52 goes on to say that the trumpet will sound. The last trumpet. The dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. That speaks of the last day. The day of the Lord, the finally the deliverance of humanity from this fallen world. The day of the Lord descriptions are in the sixth seal. I'll come back to that if we have time the seventh seal and the seventh trumpet are transitions into the next thing let me talk about the sixth uh, I mean the uh, let me talk about the seals I'm from Revelation Hold on. okay Revelation chapter 6 verse 1, as I watched the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll, then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, come. I looked up and I saw a horse standing there. I saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain victory. So we have these different scenes happening. Scene number one. Hold on. I got lots of notes. Scene number one, we have a being that yells out, come. Come. Where do these beings come from? They come from the, uh, just before, as it talks about these four living creatures, these living beings in uh, chapter four, verse six, four living beings that were around the throne. Uh, In verse seven, it says that. Silence was in heaven for about a half an hour. That is the part I want to talk about for just a moment. <laughs> uh, I have a joke here, but I'm not going to say it. How many of you guys know the joke that I have? Before the women get there? <laughs> there it is. I didn't say it. He said it. I found a study that attributes all the seals to Islam. historical um it's prophecy because it's in the future but historically speaking (laughs) you want to go on a journey with me you ready i don't know about this one but it looks pretty cool silence in heaven that was there for about half an hour about half an hour means what about 30 minutes, about half an hour. Is time in heaven the same as time on earth? What's the scripture that says time in heaven's different than time on earth? What's it say? A day is like a what? Thousand years. Okay. <laughs> Here we go on this ride. Silence in heaven that happened about half an hour was heaven being silent while there was a great deception taking place. Satan in this moment, uh, go back to my lolly, my picture. We see here that Satan is there. He roams upon the earth, but we see there it says Satan cast down right there in the... Uh, uh, right there after the rapture, you see that? We go up, he comes down. To deceive men, to work among the earth. We go up, he comes down. Now, where is Satan right now? Where is he? Where is he? Somebody tell me. In heavenly places? Does he come down here? Does he? What do you think? How many of you guys think Satan comes down here? Raise your hand if you do. Down here, just here. Spiritually speaking. Okay. He's, yeah, in Job, he's a, he's a, a convictor, con, no, what's it called? Accuser of the brethren, yes. But, spiritually speaking, does Satan have to get on a monorail to get down here? Or book a flight? No. Spirit realm. Think spirit realm. Does Satan come down here? Just, what do you think? What do you think? Why are y'all so scared of this one? He's not going to show up in your room. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's the prince of the powers of the air, right? Okay. So, there is a God allows everything, right? He's sovereign, you agree with that? So, Satan is able to be the accuser of the brethren in the heavenly courts, yes, only as long as God allows him. But Satan is also cast down like lightning to the earth, right? So, what I see is he can occupy, move, be in both places, right? manipulating humanity and and doing what with him and his demons and him and his fallen angels but he also is in heaven but you see the rapture of the church satan is cast down now the reason why that is important is because if we go all the way back to when jesus says i saw like lightning from heaven satan cast down to the earth when jesus says that we see that there's silence in heaven for about 30 minutes Something so important was happening that that heaven went totally silent. They were watching something happen in the spirit world, trumpets. They were watching what was happening on the earth as Satan and his demonic spiritual kingdom were set free to roam about the earth. You with me? They weren't singing at that moment because the 24 elders were always singing around the throne. Everything was silent. Satan had made himself visible to a man as an angel of light, a man named Muhammad. A man named Muhammad. Muhammad's own recollection says that there was an angel called Gabriel that gave him a Quran gave him the Quran. There was also an angel called Gabriel that took him from Mecca in Saudi Arabia one night and placed him on a white horse on the outer court of the Temple Mount. Peter tells us, as we talked about, that a day is like a thousand years. So we do the math. The math takes us to a place where the ratio calculates that almost 21 years is half an hour in heaven when you use the day as a thousand years. I told told you I'm taking you on a journey. So about 20 years, Satan was being watched as there was silence in heaven. Muhammad claimed that the angel Gabriel physically appeared to him many times for how long? From 610 to 632 A.D., about 20 years see this is why it doesn't say in half an hour there's about the angel Muhammad's own testimony says that every time the angel appeared to me I felt as if my heart would be ripped out of my chest now I've experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've experienced the presence of God. I've experienced great moves of God. And I'm telling you, I never once felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest. The only time I felt that way is when this one made me go parasailing on my honeymoon. <laughs> Horrible. I thought sharks. And that was it. I'm up there. <laughs> and she's, yeah, hey, look at you, you know. Very scary, fear. When you say my heart was being pulled out of my chest, that is a fear reaction emotion, right? The angel Gabriel was not given "quote unquote" Muhammad that that feeling. It was Satan. We've always said, only Jesus, the one true God. Any other religion by any other name is the devil, right? False gods or demons or fallen angels. So, (laughs) if we're we're looking at this, I tell you, I look at the silence in heaven in a whole different way. We see the seven seals, seal number one. I don't have a, do I have a chart of the seals? Hot dog. Seal number one, there it is, the white horse. Don't read all the stuff. White horse, seal number two, red horse, seal number three, black horse, seal number four, pale horse. Now to get rid of that, because that's going to confuse them. We're doing that one next. Seal number one, the human rider on the right horse, could it have been Muhammad, who put on a messianic type figure, a savior type persona to get this book, this text from an angel and rode a white horse. It says of the white horse that he also, the rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain victory. Did you know that the spread of Islam was through conquest and blood? The spread of the church was through the power of miracles and of the Holy Spirit, right? And love. But the spread of Islam was one that was taken by force and was through conquest and blood. And it was founded by the devil himself. Whether directly or indirectly, the devil was still the source of it. You with me? Writer number two, let me find this. uh, Here we go, here we go. Rider number 2 in this idea could it have been a man named Abu Bakar Revelation tells us that the red horse was a fiery red one and the rider was given power to take peace from the earth and make people kill each other to him was given a large sword a man named Abu Bakar was the first the leader of the first caliph, caliph right after Muhammad And he was said to to create war everywhere he went. It was also said that during his reign, he controlled, Islam would grow to control one one quarter of the world. The black horse. Could the black horse be a man named Umar, who was the leader of the caliphate after uh, the guy before him, whatever his name was? abubakar revelation 6 the lamb opened the third seal i heard the third creature say come i looked and there before me was a black horse and its rider holding a pair of scales in his hands then i heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying two pounds and it goes through this this um, famine type of situation you know what umar was famous for he was actually the one that created the islam tax system either you convert or die or pay a tax. So he created a tax system and he was, it was used, the thing that it was used to illustrate was a pair of scales. Umar distributed the land for a price, it was said. Finally, the fourth green horse, Many people uh, in some translations it says pale, but the original language just says chloros, which means chlorophyll, which is pale green or green. Looked up before me he was a pale horse. His rider was named Death, and Hades followed close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to be ki- uh, and killed by sword, plague, famine, wild beasts of the earth. Now, I have always had what I would consider a traditional view of all of this. That go back to the things that there's this white horse, red horse, black horse, pale horse, that you've got a war against the world, you've got a war against the Roman Empire, you've got a war against apostasy, papal apostate church, and so on. It goes all the way to the timeline, goes all the way to heaven, but Islam isn't in there at all. Then there's another view that that I feel is something that's still to come. When you look at the statue of Daniel, when you look about the new Roman Empire, and so on and so forth, how many of you guys have always felt that the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls happen when we're gone? Raise your hand if that's you. I mean, raise your hand if you think all these things were coming in the future, are coming in the future. Just raise your hand real quick. Me too. But what if, is what I'm saying. What if the seals is something that reflects the human war's rulers, that had this impact, that again, we go away from wholly symbolic and wholly real in, in, in real events to symbolic and real at the same time. Make sense? Now, I've got a, another chart here that talks about the seals being spiritual, the trumpets being spiritual and the the bowls Being the only real thing that's going to happen and it's going to come later. I believe our world has already gone through a lot of pain and suffering. I believe that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But that doesn't scare me because I believe that Jesus is on the throne. Amen. So we look at Revelation 6 and we begin to understand these seals that come and go. Let me draw your attention to verse 9 of Revelation 6. I've just got a couple more minutes and there's a couple more things I want to touch on before we're done tonight. <laughs> I'm going to have to come back around to some of these things next week. Okay. Verse 9 says, When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of the souls all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until full, the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, were, martyred, were who were to be martyred had joined them. Now, we have martyrs throughout human history. Go all the way to the beginning of the church. There were no martyrs before the beginning of the church because there was no church. <laughs> right? You with me? They've done a couple of calculations. Number one, there was a, a study recently by a humanitarian organization, uh, and I believe it's called Open Doors that said that there is 11 people dying each day for their faith in 50 countries around the world. Eleven times 50 is a lot. Now. I, for fun, said, how many people is this since the beginning of the church? So 11 that die each day in 50 countries since the beginning of the church, which how many years ago did the church start? 2,000. 400 million. 400 million martyrs. Another calculation um an italian uh wrote an article his name is anthony Sachi. he came up with a number 70 million because granted there may not have been 50 countries back then that were killing 11 a day but there are countries today that are killing a whole lot more than 11 every day you with me in his calculation most if not uh two thirds or more of the martyrs in the 70 million number happened in the last hundred years at the hands of the Soviet Union and other communist countries. So how many martyrs were there? How many martyrs are yet to come? Because can I tell you something? There were a lot, but what's to come is going to be even more accelerated, right? The more the devil and his kingdom gets a hold of people's hearts and minds, the more evil they become. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago, that there's abortion laws passing that are staggering, that they can leave the child alone for up to 28 days in neglect and suffering and not be charged with murder because it's considered an abortion. Maryland, yeah, yeah, Maryland, out of the womb. Crazy, and I've often said, and you've often heard me say, the test of a society is how they treat They'll, they'll, they're elderly, and they're children, right? So I'm getting older, <laughs> so take care of me. <laughs> I went back and listened to Stiles, his kind words, at least three times. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um I'll say this, that there is <laughs> so much more to understand than we can ever grasp in the end times teaching. I want, I'm going to come back to the, end, the events of the end next time we're together. But I want to end on this note because I think this is important, a reminder for us all. Revelation 1 verse 3 says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says. Whether you're listening here or on the podcast, you're blessed according to Scripture. And we're blessed for studying it because it's important we know what the Word says. Amen? Now, for your own study, for your own understanding, the Islam stuff and different things like that, check it out. Dig into it. See what you think. I believe this is where we'll finish, that many, if not most, if not almost all of the things listed in Scripture, in the text, in the book of Revelation, are yet to come. I believe they'll be fast, they'll be sequential for the most part, and they're going to be happening in a very rapid fashion, and I do believe that I won't be here upon the earth to see those things happen. I'm believing for that. I also believe that today, I did a quick study because one of the prophecies, one of the seals talk about the beast, the false prophet deceiving a third of the world or a third of the world dying that follows the beast. You with me? So there's 8 billion people in the world right now. 8 billion it's the last count. That's hard to believe when Elon Musk bought Twitter for 44 billion. That's, That's staggering. Anyway, Eight billion people in the world right now. One billion people in the world right now are Muslims. One billion people in the world right now are Hindus. 1.6 billion people in the world are Catholic. Why why do I say that? that's 3.6 billion now before you get mad at me about throwing Catholics in that category let's say 600 million of them are true followers of Christ but they're just wrapped up in the Catholicism you with me (laughs) that still leaves a billion that are just in the church because it's the church their grandma was in it their family was in it they grew up around it It's, it's everybody in their country right you with me We all are on the same page that most, many, some don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ within the Catholic Church. Because if you think what the Pope says is at the same level of Scripture, you're already starting on the wrong foot. And that's what they say. That's what they believe. I say all that to say this. Maybe some of the prophecies aren't saying that a third of the world's population is going to die because of this cataclysmic event. Maybe the scriptures are telling us that there's going to be a third of the world's population that are dead eternally and going to hell because they've been deceived. You with me? Because recently somebody did a study on vaccines and said a third of the population of the world got vaccinated. And I'm like, well, really? What are, you, what are we talking about? <laughs> really? <laughs> what we really need to understand. Is that what we talk about in here in prophecy, our first very spiritual matters. You with me? The moment you said, Jesus, I want to follow you, you became a born-again believer, and your primary is your spiritual condition, not your human condition. And there's a third plus of the world right now. We only are 8 billion, so we got to grow to 9 billion to make it a true third. There's well over a third of the world. I'm not even talking about atheists and humanists. There's a third of the religious people in the world that are going to hell because they're serving, worshiping a false god, a not-truth, a half-truth. That should grieve us. Bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, make us light in the darkness. Make us ready to share our faith, to give an answer. Help us, oh God, to have great hope to see revival in the land again and Lord use this church use this people use this place for your glory be with us God and encourage us as we go out into the workplace and to our neighborhoods and to our families and God may we may we live according to your calling God to be faithful to you to be the salt and the light of this world in Jesus name amen and amen
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, greaterlife.church.